Ladies and gentlemen, now it's too late with Alan Mosley. Guys, welcome back for another episode of It's Too Late. I am your host, Alan Mosley, joined as always by the number one producer in late night, but actually for real, the number one producer in late night, it's Dave Willimowski. Dave. Yeah, that's right. Actually, the undisputed number one producer in late night now. You're yeah, you're officially holding the belt now. This is it. <laughs> you're you're gonna have to take all comers, as it's, they it's say. It's a lot of pressure. I'm I'm pretty nervous actually. You yeah, I'm I'm gonna tell you though, to be honest with you, Dave, it's really you, I don't want you to be nervous because the only other people that were writing me over this last week or so to say, Hey Alan, hey Alan, you should call me, dude. You should have me on to be the show. These are people that I know for a fact, like don't even own a computer. Like <laughs> I, I know I know these people. I know for a fact they were going to be in their car on their like morning commute to work on their cell phone saying, and now it's too late with Blake Osborne and everyone would be really confused and, you know, it is what it is. Just kind of mutes out. Yeah, exactly. You know, this is we're we're like rushing this episode out because I've I've been out of town the last three or four days. And I was down in Orlando for the Tom Woods 2000th episode spectacular. And I got to see all these wonderful people, like all all the biggest celebritarians that you can possibly think of were down at the Woods show. Uh, chiefly among them, of course, was the man of the hour, Tom Woods, and his uh, brothers in arm, uh, Michael Malice. Do we, do we have a picture of Woods and Malice? Yeah, there they are, right there. Um but I got to tell you, it was it was a really good trip in so much as I got to see a lot of friends, people who live. I mean, you guys know this, like you and Mary know this is people live all over the country. And so it's like a really special occasion to be able to have everyone together to, you know, you're seeing like you're recognizing faces and you're remembering names. But sometimes it might take you a second to put name and face together. Uh, I had a lot of that. Uh, I think we actually had a viewer mail question last week with the Goon Squad where I was asking people, you know, how many times have you had a chance to get together and meet meet your online friends and all that? Uh, so I guess I'll ask you, Dave, since I've got you here, how many how many opportunities have you and Mary had to have everybody over and, and meet your Internet buddies? Well, I know I know we've done a couple live shows down in, in Meadville with some of our friends. Let's see. I'd, I'm gonna say like like at least five or six times we've been in in Niagara Falls, mess, met Celeste and and her brother uh -huh. a couple times, had some parties out there, and mm -hmm. then um, a lot of people stop by and visit if they're coming through, or some people make a a special trip to come see us. I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stop you right there to say his name is Derek, so Derek won't be mad when we oh. refer to him as Celeste's brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the first time we met him. Oh, you're Celeste's brother. We were, we were yeah, hot I just. Dogs together. I had this mental image of Derek saying that's friendship with Alan is over. <laughs> but uh, it was a really good trip. But, you know, one thing I kind of learned, you know, I turned 36 uh, just at the end of last month. And when I was in my 20s, I actually made the trip in the car between Middle Tennessee and Orlando, Florida. I mean, probably 10 or 15 times. Anna Kay was living down there. We traveled back and forth a lot between Florida and Tennessee. And I would, you know, it, like, I don't know. I, I'm sure it's awful for you guys because you've got like 22 kids. But, man, I would just get an audio book and throw on the iPod. And I just, I'm just in the zone, right? Like, I'm just on the interstate. Boy, those days are behind me. <laughs> I can't, I can't drive 11 hours anymore without losing my goddamn mind. <laughs> 
on top of losing my back muscles and hips. How about you? Yeah, I get, I get, I get about like 15 minutes in a drive. Anything longer than going to work, I'm passing out, like just hypnotized by the road. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like the, the great American road trip, I've sort of aged out of it at this point. But, uh, but I definitely don't regret it because I, I got to see everybody. I got to see Eric July. I got to see, of course, our good friend Mike Meharry and also Michael Bolden from the Tenth Amendment Center. Uh, uh, Jeff Dice, the president of the Mises Institute, came up to me and shook my hand and said hello. And he actually, Dave, he remembered my name. He knew oh, my name was, yeah, he knew my name was Alan. So I'll remember you all from my place of ascension. I'll remember the people who got me here. Um, Going up. But a lot of, you know, with all those people there, everybody had their own story about their trip, right? Some people flew, some people drove. There was people there, listen to this, at episode 1000 for Woods, there was like five or 600 people there. This year, there was 2,600 people at the Rosen for this event. And there was actually people from all 50 states that wow. came to the show. And so you had all these different people of all walks of life, and everyone had their own story of like their travel and oh my flight got canceled oh we ran into traffic oh i got shot in atlanta you know everyone had their own tale and i had my own i have my own tale as well by the way uh anike and i were gonna have like our little romantic getaway with a pit stop on saturday for the for the wood show and uh anike's cat wound up back in the hospital Oh no. The the million dollar cat Sebastian is back in the hospital because guys, if you're listening to me at home, don't let your cat get diabetes. Just <laughs> you don't oh. want feline you don't want feline diabetes. It's absolutely the worst. But she ended up not being able to come down until Friday, but then on Friday her flight got canceled. So she actually didn't even make it until Saturday. We like lost half of our vacation because you might have read some stuff in the news that there's some shit going on with Southwest Airlines and some flights are getting canceled. <laughs> so that happened to Anike. Her flight got canceled. And she didn't even get there until Saturday. It's kind of a kind of a bummer. But I do I do want to give a quick shout out before we move on. Um, the only way that I was able to get down there in one piece was because a good friend of mine named Dustin, I'm not going to say his last name because I try not to embarrass people on the show without their permission. Uh, he, what a gentleman he was. He actually helped me get down to Orlando despite, you know, he basically dragged me kicking and screaming 11 hours down I-75. And then on the way back on Monday, our good friends, Camelia and Andrew, that uh, just recently moved to Tennessee. He said, hey, do you need to ride back? You can ride with us. And so this is this is the life of luxury, Dave. You've got to become the level of celebritarian podcaster that people will just ferry you around the country. That is where we're at. That's what I'm aspiring to. Yeah. Yeah. Now I got to ask them. Me a ride yet. I got to ask them if they'll bring me to Pennsylvania so I can... <laughs> I can visit you guys and then, but see, the problem is, is that I also have to have people who are going to bring me back. <laughs> That's the <laughs> other problem. Um, but one of the things that everybody was talking about down there, along with travel was, is everybody wants to go out and have a good time. But all these different places, all these different airlines, all these different businesses, and really chiefly all these different music and entertainment venues all have their own different rules about what they're enforcing when it comes to masks and jabs and vax passes and all that crap. And I happen to see in the news that country music star Travis Tritt is putting his money where his mouth is. Do we have a picture of Travis Tritt? 
Yeah, there he is. That's Travis. So listen to this for Travis Tritt. He decides he's going to cancel concerts at venues requiring COVID vaccinations, negative tests, or masks. Now, this is, this is straight out of his mouth. Uh, he says, quote, I'm putting my money where my mouth is, and I'm announcing that any venue or promoter mandating masks, requiring vaccinations, or pushing COVID testing protocols on my fans will not be tolerated. Uh, he goes on. Uh, any show I have booked that discriminates against concert goers by requiring proof of vaccination, test, or mask is being canceled immediately. Many people are taking a firm stand against these mandates around the country, and I wholeheartedly support that cause. I've been extremely vocal against mandates since the beginning. Uh, this is a sacrifice I'm willing to make to stand up for freedoms our generations of Americans have enjoyed for their entire lifetimes. There's plenty of promoters and venues around the country that appreciate fans and the freedom of choice in this great country. And those are the pro only promoters and uh, venues I will be supporting. How about that? How about that? How about I, that? I don't think I'm a country fan, but I don't know. Is his music any good? I mean, it was about 30 years ago. But oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. He I mean, when I... New recently. When I was a little kid, Travis Tritt was a young, you know, artist and performer. He's he's still alive, so he's got that going for him, which is nice. But <laughs> so he was one I remember like I remember watching like way back in the old days when they still had music on TV. Um like him and Ray Charles playing together and doing stuff like that. So like they had crossover things of like blues and country and and jazz and and hip hop and country and stuff like that. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not like the biggest Travis Tritt fan in the world. It's more than I'm just pointing out one of the, one of the kind of takeaways that a lot of us had down in Orlando this past weekend. Cause like I said, there's like 2,600 people down there. Everyone's loving life. Not, not, you know, not being told by the man what to do. And to be fair. So the Rosen facility didn't enforce anything. So good on them for not, you know, making any problem with any of these crazy altists that showed up in droves. But <laughs> The point being is, is that, so Tritt is right. There are plenty, there's plenty of places that are not, that are not conducive to freedom and liberty, but there are some that are, there are some places that do value fans and concert goers who don't believe in the hype and the hysteria and all it takes. And this is, this is my final takeaway before we take our first break. It doesn't take like half or more of the country or in this case it doesn't take half or more of actors and musicians and venues and studios it doesn't take that many to put an end to this crap it really only takes a small minority that dig in their heels and say i don't care what you say or do we're not playing along with this crap and i mean if you even get five or ten percent you know you get the Kyrie irvings of the world you get to oh um What's the guy that plays for your Buffalo Bills? Uh, Cole Beasley. Yeah. You don't. You don't need a thousand Cole Beasleys. You just need a few Cole Beasleys on every team. If you get just a few across the league, that's enough to make to make enough problems for the powers that be that they start scaling back some of the protocols. So I really wanted to say so. Bravo! So for the country music fans that are out there, go support Travis Tritt. If you're not a country music fan. You're correct, but still, <laughs> still support Travis Tritt. Uh, guys, we're going to be back with the meme of the week and the viewer mail right after this commercial break. Don't go away.
Hey, uh, hey, Dave. What time is yes, it? Yes, Alan. It's time for meme of the week. Wow, 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 wow. It is time to go. Was I a good person? No, you're a war criminal, lol. Now let's get Kissinger next. Uh, <laughs> we're, I'm going to come back to that, but we do have a bonus meme. Check out the bonus meme down here. Check out the bonus meme down here. Jesus Christ, Dave. Oh, it's it's almost like so, you've never done this before. I that line. Uh, so Colin Powell, <laughs> may he rest in peace. But there's people who don't sip for war criminals. You know, the reason why I use those as the memes this week is that there's there's these fashionable, I call them regime libertarians, right? There's these fashionable, fashionable libertarian ink type folks that whenever one of these just utter pieces of shit die. I remember when, when John McCain died and we made a bunch of brain tumor jokes and there was like, oh, you shouldn't do that. You're not supposed to speak ill of the dead. And I'm like, why did why do you feel like mass murderers should enjoy any respect or reverence from you whatsoever. Like, I, I don't get that. So I, I do not fall into that category. I'm the type of person that when someone like Colin Powell, Donald Rumsfeld, John McCain, when those types of people die, I think we absolutely should laugh and ridicule them at like maximum tilt. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think we should keep everything pretty lighthearted, especially for... Well, this is the beginning part of the show where Adam Sikosin gets really upset if we don't keep things lighthearted. So I'm going to do my best to pull it back on the war criminal should burn in hell bit. And in the meantime, let's, uh, let's answer some viewer mail. We're still going to make fun of war criminals in the next segment, though. Just, Adam, if you're listening, we're going to do it. All right, that's such a satisfying sound. I love that. And just, by the way. I'm pretty sure that's the sound yeah, those exactly. printers make, too. Uh, our first question is uh, Clay Davis, who writes, uh, Dear Alan and Dave, what were you doing that you were too busy to make this week's viewer mail post? Okay, so I'm riding back from Orlando up to Tennessee. And I like, you know, I, I can't like I can't work off my phone. I don't know how you are. Like I do everything from like my my office, like from my workstation here. I can't I can't run this whole operation from my freaking Android. So since I don't I don't really like to do a bunch of work from my phone. So I get on my phone and I and I log into my little Facebook group and I type in, hey, can can one of you guys do the viewer mail post and Clay himself? who's such a great guy, he does the viewer mail post for us, and then he immediately turns around and asks me why I didn't do the viewer mail post. <laughs> because The, the answer is, is because you did it, Clay. I think Clay should do it every week now that we're on that subject. Yeah, I agree. and that's that's the same reason yeah. I didn't make it. I was, I was at work yeah, and Clay exactly. did it first. I, people should race on Monday mornings, I think, to see who can do the viewer mail. Actually, no, don't do that because you know, gonna, we're going to end up with like 17 different <laughs> viewer mail posts with one question apiece. And now I'm going to be sitting here running through social media live on air. So don't, never mind, just Clay. Only Clay gets to do it. But uh, apparently Clay, in his infinite wisdom, decided he gets a follow-up question. So he also wrote, Dear Alan and Dave, do hallucinogenic substances pair well with Tom Woods live events? Um, 
boy, if you were actually at the show, you probably needed a hallucinogenic substance, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I, say, <laughs> I, say, I say that with all the love and affection in the world. Um, we're going to get <laughs> we're going to move on from that so I don't get in trouble. Um, uh, Thomas Lightheart writes, dear Alan and Dave, did you wear shorts and a Hawaiian shirt this weekend? I know what the reference is, but I'm going to let you answer first. Dave, did you wear shorts and a Hawaiian shirt this weekend? Well, I, I work this weekend, so they, they frown on that yeah. around the heavy equipment. So no, okay. no, I didn't. Wait. So what kind of heavy equipment are you around that Hawaiian shirts are going to cause a, a serious accident? <laughs> well, that I'm okay. Yeah, I might be in. I could probably get away with the Hawaiian shirt, but the, the shorts, they're they're in the contract. We're not allowed to wear shorts. Too much hot metal and stuff like that. Splash oh, okay. So, it, oh, all right. Like in my mind, I was thinking like you're getting sucked into a tube or something. And I was like, what does a Hawaiian shirt have to do with it? <laughs> or or other people will see your Hawaiian shirt and be so taken aback that they fall into a pit of lava or something. I couldn't. Oh, yeah, okay. All right. We'll we'll leave it at that. Uh, Lyle Dario writes, "Dear Alan and Dave, what's the best food you had on your trip?" Well, Dave wasn't there, so I just assumed he starved himself over the last forty-eight hours. Dave, what, Dave, what'd you have this weekend? Boy, we're getting some really riveting questions this fucking week. Da Dave, what'd you have? Oh, yeah, this weekend. I I was I was I think I was finishing off the chili that I made when I had COVID. Ooh. So that was, and I, I'm actually I was actually beginning to taste food. So that was that's kind of that's nice. interesting. So I don't it, I love chili. This is uh okay. So I didn't actually. I missed you, you missed what? There we go. I swear to God, <laughs> where what? Oh, sorry. Can anyone tell me what happened to Blake? <laughs> I give I give. <laughs> I got to give kudos to to Sherry and Blake because this this is this is a tricky job here. You you got you got quite the operation going. The best part was it wasn't just that he messed up, y'all. It's that he told on himself live on air that he messed I up. Did. Guys, we're gonna have to cut. Let's go back. Go back to take five. If yeah, only if we only could this, but it can't. Uh, Lyle, what food, best food you had? So, okay, so me and Anna Kay used to live in Orlando down off of Lee Vista, which is near the airport. And my favorite Asian restaurant is like hibachi and sushi and like noodles and stuff like that. was Tokyo Japanese Steakhouse. If you're ever in Orlando and you're staying near the airport, go down Lee Vista, Chickasaw Trail. There's Tokyo Japanese Steakhouse. It's one of the best restaurants in town, but it's far away from like the touristy part of town. So you're going to get to avoid the crowds, have awesome steak and rice. You can't be beat. I feel like they should owe me money now for what I just. Yeah, it's like official pretty good. commercial. I'll I'll uh, I'll send them a bill. Um, uh, Andrew Avery writes, "Dear Alan and Dave, now that Captain Kirk is back in the news, is it time for him to launch a ladies' wear line called Shatner Pants?" <laughs> okay, all <laughs> yeah. right, all right, Andrew, that was pretty good. I know I, I usually give Andrew a hard time on here because I mean let's let's be honest he's usually not sending us his best. I think he sent I think he puts his best on his own wall and he sends us like the leftover the thing he didn't want to post. That was pretty good. Um, but no I I I, I told my but I can't imagine any young lady wanting to buy underpants from William Shatner to be totally honest with you. So he does look good though. Have you seen William Shatner? He's like ninety something years old. He looks like he's 60. I would yeah. not have guessed Wait, that. He's like 91. Yeah, I saw, I saw the pictures from, from his flight or whatever, where he had the rest of the crew in yeah. uh, red shirts. Yeah. 
So they're all dead. Yeah. All yeah, right. I'm pretty sure. Um, the next questions were from me because I said I knew I could count on you guys, but then I noticed only like three or four people had quoted. So I wrote back, never mind, only four people are participating, and I uh, left an angry emoji. But the angry emoji really kicked it off. More people left questions after that. Uh, Mary Lynn Willemowski, never heard of that person before in my life, wrote, Dear Alan and Dave, do you enjoy road trips? Dave, do you enjoy road trips? I feel like she's trying to send you a message. I'm not sure, though. Do you do you enjoy road trips? When we were in our 20s, we and yeah, when we were first getting together, we were really into road trips. We'd drive all the way across, you know, east east side of the country. We wouldn't we wouldn't go west too much. We got scared over there, but we used to do that all the time. But once you have uh, three kids fighting in the background, it kind of kills. Wait, the hold on. Fun. You don't have to tell everybody where you're from, but I just got to know what is it to the west of you right now that's scary. <laughs> Okay. Ohio. All right. Terrifying. So now we just lost all of our viewers from Ohio. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to maybe say like Chicago or something. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I mean, I'm not going to that, Chicago. So I thought that's what you might have meant, but apparently you don't even have to go that far before. No. All right. That's no, just, just over the um, Ohio does really suck ass, though. I mean, <laughs> but I've always heard that from people that are from Ohio, to be honest. So it's not like I made that up. I'm just saying. Uh, Ryan Seifert writes, Dear Alan and Dave, did you get to promote your show with any big libertarian celebrities at the live event? Okay, so first of all, Ryan, I'm a big libertarian celebrity. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, yeah. lying son of a bitch. So actually, I I did. I got to talk to so many great people. But you know, the thing is, is most of those people have been on this show before. So it's not like it. It wasn't so much that I was like tracking people down like a weird fangirl saying, "Oh my god, I I'll suck your dick if you'll come on." It's too late. It really wasn't that. Most of them have already been on. It was really more actually. Some of them came up to me and were like, "Hey, do you still do that shitty show that you used to do?" And it was like, "Yeah, I, I still do." Um, but th there is actually some stuff in the works that I can't tell you guys about right now. A couple of really big projects that are underway that believe it or not actually involve me and this program, but I can't tell you yet because if I do, then inevitably it'll collapse and then it all look like an idiot. So you know how it is. You have to, you have to keep it to yourself until it's like super, super official. But, but the answer Ryan is yes. There's some cool stuff coming down the pipe. Uh, Jonathan Carranza writes, Dear Alan and Dave, let's go, Brandon. Did you know, Dave, um, at the actual Woods show, the, the, there was a lull in the show about two or three hours in because, like, let's face it, it ran way over time and it was kind of terrible. But the audience decided at one point to just entertain itself and they just started chanting, let's go, Brandon. Oh, they said, yeah, like the, the audience was no longer enthused by what was actually happening on stage. So they just blocked out the performers and started chanting. Let's go, Brandon. I actually I actually thought it was quite a moment of solidarity, to be honest with you. I enjoyed it. Um, but but Jonathan also writes, uh, what is your favorite muscle car? Dave, what's your favorite muscle car? Oh, Malibu, like, like a. Okay. Early seventies Malibu. Uh, is that a muscle car? I mean, I car? think so. The old the old Malibus. I don't know. I mean, weren't Maybe the older classic. Malibus like those were the NASCAR cars oh, okay. too, right? 
Yeah, the Chevys yeah, had yeah, Malibus like in NASCAR. So yeah, that's cool. Um, for for my friend Dustin who drove me down to Florida, I'm gonna say my favorite muscle car is a 2005 Honda Element. <laughs> but also a 69 Chevelle SS. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yes. Adam Sokozen writes, uh, Dear Alan and Dave, I'm bad at questions. I think I, think I, yeah. I, I asked But it's also question. not even, like you could have at least put a question mark at the end so you have like that upward inflection. Like, I'm bad at questions? But he didn't even do that. I would ban more of these people, Dave, but then we'd be down to like four viewers. <laughs> I leave the trolls in for that reason. Um, all right. Lyle Dario wrote Adam back to say me too. Jesus. Um, we got we've we've got two more, so let's let's get it done. Dave Benner writes, "Dear Alan and Dave, where states exist, should they have the power to gerrymander? If not, how should representative district lines be determined?" This is how you can tell Dave Benner, who's our good friend, actually doesn't watch this show because that's really more of like an AMA question and not a viewer mail question. Viewer mail questions are, hey, Alan, why are you so gay, LOL? That's a that's a viewer mail question that I can respect. This is like a serious political question. Um, so I, I kind of believe in that Hoppa meme you might have seen recently where it's like it's like the Magneto X-Men thing of, you know, I want to see decentralization. And then it shows like the 50 states and then it says no more decentralization and then it shows like all the counties and then it's like no most decentralization and it's like every single little town has its own you know nation state so i kind of fall in that category of you know when you're talking about voting districts instead of having these big districts that can where the lines can be redrawn to benefit one party over the other it, it can just go all the way down to every single individual like u.s county can be a different voting district and then, you know, but then you don't you don't redraw the lines like you don't have redistricting and gerrymandering. You just set it to every single county in the United States and it never changes. And then that way you let the demographics, you know, be as they are. You don't you don't change voting districts every so many years. Mm-hmm. But that's way too serious question for viewer mail. So the, so the correct answer is you're a statist anyway. Finally, to, to end tonight, uh, Logan Denny writes, Dear Alan and Dave, would you rather be forced into a conversation with Kamala Harris or Karl Marx? Well, Karl Marx is dead. So, yeah. my answer by de- Yeah, my answer by default is Karl Marx because the conversation's over instant. I mean, like, you know, you're just going to stand at his grave and say, hey, sup? And then I feel like you can move on whenever you feel like. Whereas if you're forced to a conversation with Kamala Harris, like, you know, you're going to get AIDS eventually. Like, let's just face it. I mean, <laughs> you know, those those people have AIDS, you know. I'll let you just de- I'll let you decide what those people means during the commercial break, guys. We're going to be back to talk about the late, great American hero, Colin Powell, right after this. Don't go away. Your ad could be playing right now, reaching thousands of potential customers. Sadly, it's not, but it could be. Find out how to be an advertised sponsor for It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. 
email us at info at alanmosley.tv. So, uh, great news, everyone. Colin Powell died. Do we, uh, do we have a picture of Colin Powell? Yeah, there he is, right there. There, there. Wait, there, Zer is. Oh. There's Colin Powell. <laughs> <laughs> Something looked off. You, well, you goddamn right about that. So, Colin Powell passed away, and it's it's. The immediate reaction is exactly what you always freaking expect in moments like this. This dude dies. They're they're saying he died from like complications of COVID. I guess he was like a breakthrough, like he was double vaxxed and then this was like a breakthrough case or something like that. But I really don't want to get into all that. Like I really like this is not a COVID episode, so I really don't give a damn about how he died. I wished he had fallen off a cliff, but you know, I wished he'd fallen off a cliff 30 years ago, but we, you know, we can't always get what we want. Um but this this ties in. So this actually kind of like happened over the weekend when we were all like down in Florida and really like I wasn't watching the news. I was totally unplugged. I was trying to get far, far away from the news. And then so as as the weekend was wrapping up, I saw, oh, Colin Powell died. And I thought, well, you know, we're going to talk about that on the show today. Um, but there's the typical just outpouring of condolences and support and all this crap. Never mind, of course, this guy's a freaking war criminal who lied to the UN about Iraq having weapons of mass destruction. We've got the picture here. Everyone's always going to remember this iconic picture of him at the UN. There it is. He's holding up the little vial, you know, and he's trying to argue that Saddam's got a WMD uh, plan in place and he's going to, you know, he's going to shoot scuds into wherever the hell we've heard this story before um but it made me think about a, a little bit of a topic that we talked about this this past weekend when everybody was hanging out and that was people suffering true genuine consequences for their actions now dave you and i were talking before the show that you know if you or i do something wrong you know, we can't we can't use ignorance of the law as an excuse. They always say that you can't go before a judge and say, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that you can't have three pieces of toast on a Thursday in Ohio. I didn't I wasn't aware of that. And so my bad. They don't they don't take mea culpa as a defense, you know, in, in the court of law. Um, and and similarly enough, you know, it's one thing to have a little remorse or show a little regret. But that doesn't change the fact that you did the thing. And the reason why this is kind of relevant for someone like old, uh, old shiny shoes Powell over here is he, in later in life, you know, he writes his memoir and he's distancing himself from the Bush administration and God knows he's distancing himself from Trump. And, you know, and he's rubbing elbows with the Hillary Clintons of the world and all this garbage. And he, and he said many times that, you know, he regretted the role that he played in, in the war in Iraq. Now, now, granted, he never said he regretted the role he played in starting the war in Afghanistan, which uh, which led me to a great joke. Our friend Logan told me a fantastic joke before we got started. He said, you know, you know, Colin Powell is an old guy, obviously, when he passed. It's not a big shocker when a dude as old as he is dies, especially if they had a disease like COVID-19. But, you know, the thing is with these old people that a lot of times when an older person loses 
someone they love, they end up dying shortly thereafter. Like you ever seen, like Dave, you ever seen and then like, you know, like a, a, an old wife will die and then the husband dies like right after that, like they're, they, they can't stand to be apart type of a thing. I know, I know that, I know you're going to do that. Oh, yeah. I know that when you die, you expect Mary to die right away. You don't, <laughs> you just assume that's going to happen. It, it, It'll probably be the same explosion. <laughs> y- y'all are going to end the Fed together. Um, and so so the joke was is that, you know, it's no surprise that Colin Powell died because something he loved more than anything in the world just passed away, and it was the war in Afghanistan. Um, and so... <laughs> sorry. And so... It's almost and so that brought up kind of a, a tangentially related topic, and that was the sort of ambiguous relationship between unconstitutional and illegal. Because the way I've always put it to people is, is, you know, unconstitutional is just sort of like a fancy legislative way of saying illegal. Like, it's illegal for Congress to pass a law that says no one can, you know, no one can have a, a name with more than four letters. You know, that would be a violation of free speech. And so so they can't do that. So it's illegal for them to do that. If they tried to do that, that would be unconstitutional. So unconstitutional and illegal in terms of congressional acts and or, or executive orders or whatever, they're kind of interchangeable terms. But where this comes around is, is that if you or I do something that is illegal, even if we regret it, even if we feel genuine remorse, even if it was an accident or a mistake, we're still going to suffer consequences for our action. Like if I, if we're out, if we're, you know, out running to Walmart at 3 a.m. to buy meth, then, and we run somebody over in the parking lot, you know, even if it was an accident and it was a mistake, we're going to still suffer repercussions for our actions. That's just, that's how the cookie crumbles. But politicians, when they do things that are unconstitutional, they, they, they practically never suffer any genuine repercussions for their actions. And it reminded me of an old, old Democratic senator. You might remember him from the early 2000s, Joseph Lieberman. Uh, do we have a picture of Joseph Lieberman, by the way? Yeah, there he is. There's old Joe. And, yeah, oh, yeah <laughs> that, that guy. Uh, he talked just like this! Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so that wasn't very good. No, no, nailed it. Please, please don't clap. Uh, but I'll never forget this one statement that Lieberman made. It was back. It was back. Like I said, it was back in the two thousands, and 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 Congress was voting on some bill or another that was uh, constitutionally dubious. I think is the most politically correct way of putting it. And so he was asked by reporters after the vote. You know, uh, you know, Congress. You know, Senator Lieberman. Um, you know, what do you how do you feel about the fact that there's this, you know, there's there's this fairly wide consensus that this bill is unconstitutional, but you guys are bringing it to the floor for a vote. You know, what what's what's the deal there? And his comment back to the press was, it's not our job to worry about the constitutionality of the bills. That's the Supreme Court's job. And of course, so, so first of all, that's just objectively not true because every single congressman, senator, judge, president, everyone swears an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States. So that, that one line in the oath right off the bat is no, it absolutely is part of the – so each branch has their own separate and equal responsibility – to the Constitution. It's not we now I know that in this neo-federal world that we live in, everyone has this weird idea 
that the president and Congress just sort of kind of rolls along and does whatever the hell they want. And if the Supreme, the Supreme Court's the referee, and if they, if they see something they don't like, they blow the whistle, they throw the flag, you know, Ill, Ill, illegal, illegal ruling on you, sir. That's not how it works. It's true that the Supreme Court absolutely can take up cases for interpretation purposes, but they're not the final arbiters of what is and isn't constitutional. Congress has an equal role to play in defending the Constitution and making sure that what they're voting on, what they're bringing to the floor, is constitutional or not. And so it brings up the interesting conversation of if unconstitutional and illegal are, are roughly interchangeable terms, and if Congress, if people like Joe Lieberman say, well, it's not my job to worry about that, if he votes on a bill and that vote gets passed and it's declared unconstitutional, and I'm not even talking about you and I believe it's unconstitutional. I'm talking like the Supreme Court, you know, strikes it down and says, hey, guys, you, you can't vote on a bill that says everyone has to eat hot dogs. That's unconstitutional. Well, when it gets voted, when it gets struck down as unconstitutional, that means it, it was illegal, right? So who's so who so who's going to jail? Yes. Why is it? Why is Absolutely it that we're nobody. openly acknowledging that they just tried to do something? They tried to pull a fast one, right? The the ruling class tried to to ram through some piece of legislation that they almost certainly knew going in was was a crock of shit. And then when they get called out for it, the the answer is kind of like, oh, well, we did our best. Let's move on to the next vote, you guys. That is not how the rule of law works for you or me or anyone else. That's the only way that you can live in a world where you can play fast and loose with any law or regulation you see fit. And, all, you know, and also think to yourself, these mayors and governors uh, doing lockdowns, doing mask mandates, and then you're seeing them like at a luncheon, you know, five hours later, <laughs> you know, sitting there not wearing a mask, not social distancing. It's not it's not just that the rules don't apply to them. It's that it's that when they openly and flagrantly break the rules or in this case pass unconstitutional legislation, it doesn't matter even if it gets struck down. And I'm glad it does get struck down. But even when those laws get lifted, even when it does get struck down, there will absolutely never be any negative repercussions for the monsters who put it up in the first place. Dave, I think you should say something like that. That's an awesome, like dramatic. That's that's the moment for you to either add something or say, Alan, you're right. And everything you've ever said is true. No, I, that, I was I was in awe. I was, I was in stunned silence. Well, you know, I mean, I know a lot of people are upset because, you know, like, I mean, what wasn't it Gavin Newsom that like in the very early goings of the pandemic, you know, he shuts down California and then he goes to like some fancy French restaurant like later that very evening. And he's, you know, buddy palling it up with everyone and having cocktails and no one's doing, you know, no one's wearing masks or anything. And so, again, it's like. The fact that these people aren't being drug out of their offices and hung from a tree, to, and, they, and they absolutely fear no repercussions for their actions whatsoever, means that they're going to continue to do it. And while, and I'm not sitting here, I guess, I, I guess I want to end that point before we take the next break by saying, I'm not sitting here saying that I have an answer for what we're going to do about it. I don't, I don't know if there's a we, and I don't know if there's a we that's going to do anything. 
But I will say this, is that I'm not going to have any reverence for these POSs when they finally kick the bucket. I'm going to scream from the mountaintops that I'm happy they're gone. I hope that son of a bitch suffered in his bed before he finally passed. Because that's nothing compared to the millions of dead Iraqis or Afghanis and what they had to go through. So I hope it is it, hell is not hot enough for these people. My, your only consolation should be that Rumsfeld and McCain are there right now to run a train on his bitch ass. Is this where I'm supposed to help? Say something funny for Adam. Real quick, Dave, <laughs> say something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that COVID, you, it, you're, you're kind of zoning out. You don't really know what's going on. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I'm but sure okay, I see. I see no. you over there in OBS. Like Alan, I think we should move on. Before we do that, I want you to take a look from our our late great former president Donald J. Trump. Take a look at this statement, you guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna read this for you. This was his statement about Colin Powell dying. Wonderful to see Colin Powell, who made big mistakes in Iraq and famously so-called weapons of mass destruction, be treated in death so beautifully by the fake news media. Hope that happens to me someday. He was a classic rhino, if even that, always being the first to attack other Republicans. He made plenty of mistakes, but anyway, may he rest in peace. <laughs> Shit. I had to look that up like seven or eight times to make sure that wasn't fake. I was like, holy God, did he actually say that? Yeah, but, but anyways, anyway. I, this is what I'm, Dave, if something happens to you, I just you, I want you to know two things. You already know this. We're going to do a GoFundMe where I keep 90% of the proceeds. 10% goes to your kids. Um, that's, that's the legal requirement, I mm -hmm. think. Uh, and the other thing we're going to do is I'm going to write you an obituary, obituary that talks about all the things you failed in in life and ends with. But anyways, may he rest in peace. <laughs> It's pretty good. I mean, look, I'm no Trump fan. I've never been a Trump fan. You know, he he can he can go join his boys down there in hell when he kicks the bucket too. But I'm I'm surprised. Like that's full on bridge burning type shit right there. So I'll 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 give it to him for that. But anyway, uh, we're gonna be back to talk about another topic from this past weekend of when and when it isn't time to go run for the hills. Right after this commercial break, don't go away. If you're enjoying tonight's show, consider supporting the program by becoming a member of our Patreon. That's over at patreon.com slash Alan Mosley. Oh, <laughs> it sounds perfect to me, man. Well, I guess... What what's what's the phrase like? See, dream, achieve. If if it was perfect to you, then it was perfect. Yeah, that's I I also say is the jokes are always yeah. me. There you go. Um, I wanted to end the show tonight with uh, one last little bit. It, this was a fun conversation that a lot of us were having down in Orlando at the Tom Woods two thousand, and what it was was. Of course, we had people from all 50 states. I mean, there was people from, like, different countries. There were people from, like, all over the world that came to this thing, which is great. Like, it's so great for everyone to have an occasion to come together, 
all these di different people, different people, different walks of life, culturally different, culturally different people, geographically from different places, but like-minded in principle and in ideology, at least somewhat. I mean, there were some fake-ass bitches there, but but for somewhat, most people are very like-minded. And and so people are kind of like, you know, they're they're talking about the work of life and talking about... You know, what do you do? Where are you from? How's your family doing? How, how are things doing during this kind of crazy time that we live in? And, and you know, are you moving? Where'd you move to? All, all these kinds of questions. Because I've, I've run into more and more people who uh, just 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 the folks who brought me back, uh, Camille and Andrew, um, who, who are great friends and I am, I'm hugely in their debt. Uh, but they were another example of they were actually up in New York. Now they were in New York, New York, not uh, not Celeste, New York, which is like where the where New York rednecks live. No, they were in New York, New York, which is uh, where uh, New York Jews live, and uh, and and they were telling me that you know what, maybe at first it was this is my home, I'm not giving up, but their home doesn't exist anymore. If that makes sense, like they they took away so many of the things that made New York what it was. And so it's like, what are we holding out? What are we holding on to? They took it all. It's not, it's gone and it's not coming back. And I feel like that's, that's kind of the realization that's hard for a lot of people to come to is we're not on hiatus. It's not like, it's not like this is a tough time right now, but next week everything will be back to normal. It's not like that. It's that a lot of things are just gone and they're not coming back. And so a lot of people like them move to a different part of the country. They actually moved to Tennessee. So they get to enjoy Tennessee meth now as opposed to upstate New York meth. It's very different, very different kind. We tint ours orange for UT. Um, but it so that was the that was kind of the conversation that was going around the room of where is the line that you sort of kind of have drawn, or is this or is this even a conversation you've had with your friends and loved ones of what are we willing to do to stick it out here and make the best life we can make because this is our home and I have roots planted and I'm not giving up versus how bad would it have to be before you said, I can't, I can't live like this anymore. And we're getting, you know, we're getting the hell out of Dodge. And, and if that was true, where would you go? What, what would you do? I wanted to I actually wanted to ask you about this, Dave, cause I know, I know you and Mary are up there and you've got the kids and, and you know you you you're you're settled into your your home life there, but it's but it's an interesting question of how bad would it have to be before you guys had the conversation of I I can't take this anymore I don't want to live like this and if you did have that conversation then the next one would be well where would we go have y'all ever had any conversation like that before? Not really. I mean, all of our families yeah. here, and um. I mean, we never thought it would get this bad, so it's it's hard to uh, imagine how much worse it could get. And I don't like to do that, so I haven't. We haven't really talked about it, but I'm sure at some point we've we've talked about you know trying out that free state or going going somewhere else, somewhere a little more free. But it, it seems like as long as our parents are still here and her being an only child, it 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 it'd be kind of difficult. Yeah. Well, I know because because I mean I can give you examples of both ends of the spectrum. So uh, our good friend Michael Bolton, who's the uh, president of the Tenth Amendment Center, who they're crim criminally underrated. Everyone should be donating to TAC. 
Um, he lives in L.A., which is, yep. you know, I mean, this is like, you know, this is commie central, right? Talking about Los Angeles, California. Oh. But he he loves L.A. It's not that he loves the pavement and the buildings, you know. He loves the people. He loves the culture. He loves the 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 mom and pops and and the minority communities and the street vendors and the deliveries and and, and all the the salt of the earth that makes the town what it is that's what he loves and he couldn't imagine being anywhere mm. else and so this is the kind of guy that falls into the category of they're going to have to drag me out of here kicking and screaming cuz this is my home and i respect that you know I, f- I feel like I lean towards that. I mean, Tennessee, Tennessee's not that bad. So I've never been confronted with that reality, you know, like Tennessee is not, <laughs> it's not California, but so I've mm-hmm. never had to deal with that on the surface, but I've definitely had to deal with some things. And, and Anna Kay and I have talked about like, you know, we lived in Florida for a time before this and it's like, well, we could move back there. If Florida is better, we can move back there. But of course, there's the it, so we would have similar difficulties as you. Is that so? Anakis' family is here. My family's here. They have no ties to anywhere else, and they're older. You know, they're not going anywhere. They're gonna they're gonna spend the rest of their lives in in Middle Tennessee, and it's like you know it would. So for us to leave is basically would be us saying goodbye. You know, and I and I and I know and I know that's yeah. tough. And then and so the other end of the spectrum is is you know you look at old Michael Malice up there. Uh, every you know every everybody I know loves Michael Malice and he's a, he's a funny guy very smart, um, dear reader I know I know that that's not one of his newer selections he's done the new right and Anarchist Handbook but dear reader about uh, North Korea and Kim Jong Un that was what a book but um, the reason I bring him up is is that he was a life New Yorker he was a New York lifer he was you know raised in New York New York is in his blood he's lived there basically his whole life. And he, for years, fell into the category that Bolden is in. He fell into the category of, I'm never leaving New York. They're, they'll just have to come in here and kill me. Like, they'll just, you know, if they line me up against the wall, oh well. You know, such is life. But I'm not, this is my home. I couldn't imagine living anywhere else. And you know what? Right now, he's in Austin, Texas. That's how that turned out. After, as as someone yep. who lived and breathed New York City his whole life and, and went on record several times as saying there's nothing they could do to make me leave. And this past year, he moved to Texas because he he kind of had the same realization as my friends had, which was the the New York that I was holding out for, it's gone. Like, I didn't leave. It left. You know, it expired. It's no longer here. So it's not... So I don't really see it as like I'm abandoning New York. It's the New York that I grew up in no longer exists. And I mean, there were some people down in Orlando that they had similar stories like that, that, you know, I used to live in Portland. I used to live in Virginia. I used to live in, you know, whatever. I used to live in California or I was in Northern California, but, you know, the liberal cities kind of dictate for the whole state what's going to, you know, Gavin Newsom tells everyone what to do. And we, you know, there, it just seems like I, I feel like we can't resist, you know, it's like we're, we're so outnumbered. We're outnumbered a million to one for every, for every one of us who just wants to live our lives. There's a 999,000 people who are saying you can't work anymore. You can't go grocery shopping, you know. You can't get gas here. And and I, I mean, I feel for those people. I really do. And so 
And so it brings us full circle to just kind of the rhetorical question for the audience at large, which is drawing your, having your line, just not that you have to go take up arms tomorrow. It's more just, it's more just knowing, it's kind of like a know thyself sort of thing, I guess, is you need to know where your line is. Like I would say this, like I would even say this to you, Dave, I, I love you, you and Mary and but but I would tell people it's like I'm not saying you should pack up the van and leave tomorrow. But I'm saying, but but you should know what that line is. Like if you get a call tomorrow and they say we need you to bring your kids to the to the facility tomorrow, then you might be like, hey, that's the line right there. You know, pack up the bags. That's, yeah, that's pretty. Heavy I mean, line. I know that that's a heavy line, but as as you put it earlier, we didn't think we'd be here, right? We never thought mm-hmm. it would get this bad. So I mean. I feel mm-hmm. like at this point I'd be naive to say, oh, that won't happen. He he. I mean, we didn't think this would happen. So I don't know. I guess I just if I have any I know I know I feel like I'm ending this segment and I haven't really like given anyone a call to action or any any good positive advice or anything. But I feel like really the only advice I can give is you should sit down with your friends and your loved ones and you should just 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 know each other well enough to know. Do you have a line? If you do, what is it? What what is that line? So that so that we don't have to sit here and have a debate, you know, three years from now about whether or not we're moving. You know, we should we should know today what our line is. Is our line we can't go to Publix? You know, is our line I can't go to a Travis Trick concert? Or is our line our kids have to report to the detention facility? You know. Is our line, I have to make an appointment with the state to come inspect my home? You know, what's the line? And whatever that line is, you know, just be on the same page, if that makes sense. I don't know. Does that make sense at all, or do I just sound like a retard? No, that makes sense, because you should be prepared for possibilities like that, you know, rather than just avoid them. It's a lot better if you have contingency plans. If they do cross, I guess if I'm going to try to end on a high note before we take the final break, it's that I hope things never get for you, listener at home. I hope things never get so bad for you at home that you're having to make these types of really hard decisions. But if you are in that kind of position, because I know some people are with with work or mandates or whatever, I hope that if there's a silver lining, it's that, you know, things are not eternal. If things are bad today, they're bad today. Just because they're bad right now doesn't mean they always necessarily have to get worse. If things get bad tomorrow, that doesn't mean it's going to be Mad Max next week. Like, you know, I feel like some of our collapsitarian friends out there are like, yes, bring it on. And I always tell those people, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, you don't. It's 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 always so cute for you to want the boogaloo until you remember how many people are going to starve and die. That's not that's not cool. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't wish that. I don't wish that on society. I don't wish that on anybody. But I think I think that our opponents in the political and ideological world are incredibly unimpressive people. We will beat these people. We're going to win. It might take some time, but we're going to win. Did, does that come off as about as optimistic as I've ever been? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it it was it was a nice turn there at the end. All right, all right. Well, I'm glad you. I only do this for you guys to appreciate it, and Lyle and Celeste and Adam. That's it, and Clay because he does viewer mail. And now anyone I don't name is going to be like, "Well, fuck you too." Then, sorry. Um, 
Boy, we're we're running over time. We better wrap this shit up. Uh, guys, we're going to be back to wrap up the show right after this commercial break. Don't go away. Hi, guys. It's Alan here, and I want to take a moment to let you know about one of our supporters who started a new business. Laura Moreau sells 50 different health and wellness all-natural products from weight loss, supplements, energy enhancers, body toning, longer and stronger hair, and so much more. Do you like coffee? Well, they even have coffee that'll help you drop some pounds. And who doesn't want to drop a few pounds? Go check her out at her online store at lauramoreau.itworks.com today. That's lauramoreau.itworks.com. Like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash TV. You can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com at TV, And subscribe to our YouTube page, it's youtube.com slash TV. And also, you can support us on a free piece of speech platform. Don't just complain. Go out and support one. It's Odyssey. We're out on Odyssey. You can find us at Alan Mosley TV or It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. And if you're more of a listener than a watcher, you can get us on your favorite podcasting platform. It's iTunes, Spotify, whatever. Thanks to Anchor FM. It's anchor.fm slash Alan Mosley TV. So, uh, Dave, do you have a final thought? Uh... First of all, I'd like to apologize. Um, <laughs> it's weird being nervous on camera. We we do a show three times a week, and and it's it's hard just producing and letting you bounce things off of me. So I hope I do get invited back sometime. I feel like I could. Get I hope better. I get invited back sometime. <laughs> but I had a I had a great I had a well, great. Well, that's time. good. I'm glad you did. I think uh, I think this could work. I mean, other than all the abject failures, I think this could work. Yeah, yeah. The the crowd usually. I think finds so too. Here. See, that's the thing is that you have to you have to have like the height of professionalism and craft, but also when things do go awry, say, well, of course that was for comedic effect, which is pretty much everything that happened after the monologue. <laughs> this was for comedic effect, <laughs> guys. Thank you so that's much nice. for listening to another episode of It's Too Late, and we will see you next week.